Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. With your defending champion, Stirk Daddy, runner up, Cascade Bear, third place, Amelia Clark Fan, D. Sladkey, Bucks and Six, Justin STP6, Lefty79, Andy Pollock, Little Slads, Prince Palmer17, Spaceballs the FFT, and WGL1035. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are entering week 16, the semifinals of our league. We had a pretty dramatic week one of the fantasy football For the Throne Dynasty playoffs. We'll be breaking that down. Actually, I will since I'm all alone this week. Justin is on his wedding honeymoon. Will is in Vegas. So it's just me. And I'm in... Plymouth, home of Trudy's Gentleman Club. So I'm just going to get through this. It'll be a shorter episode, I would assume. Could be wrong on that. Um, and then I'll get you guys all geared up for these semifinals matchups where we could potentially see the exact same championship matchup as we did last year of Cascade versus Stirk Daddy, but there's a lot could break down with those matchups. A lot of unknowns and wild cards in our final four. I know Randy's definitely going to be tracking how he would actually do had he gotten the bye, because uh, that was something he was interested in doing. So curious how that actually goes. But let's get started with Gulag. I'm the Lord of the Vale. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. Through the moon door went Eric. So Eric in his first year takes fourth place. It was super close. Um, basically, Billy went out with like a score of uh, like 100. He went out with a score of, let's see, I have it right here. So Billy, he was the first to go and finish his week with 144 points. And then all three teams were behind him. Ryan actually finished above Billy with 147 points. Joe had 129. uh, And then Eric had 106. So the final three is JB3X Bronco, UWW, Bucks in 2021. And Prince Palmer. So we do have a For the Throne member in our final three. Uh, Right now, again, we are at single elimination. So we've already had one game in the books. Uh, Billy got 28 from Debo Samuel, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Ryan, unfortunately, only got four points from George Kittle. He dropped Bronkowski to get Kittle. So 
Yikes. Especially because Gronk's going to be the number one target. He's going to get unbelievable amount of targets with all those Buccaneer injuries and COVID. Right now, the sleeper projections have Ryan scoring 135, Joe scoring 146, and Billy scoring 163. So right now, Ryan is projected to be eliminated this week. Before I kind of break through their rosters, here were the waiver pickups from the Gulag. So Joe picked up Justin Jefferson for eight bucks. Joe had the most money left. Ryan is now the only one with money left after the waivers. So Joe got Justin Jefferson for eight. He got Nick Chubb for $3 and Kamara for $3. And then Ryan got $2 for Zeke. And then he spent $2 on Kittle, who again, had a bust of a game with only four points. So Ryan is really needing to get a lot of points from his guys, which are currently is Patrick Mahomes with zero weapons as his quarterback. Aaron Jones as his running back. Zeke. And then he's got Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs at wideout. His flex right now is Jalen Waddell, kicker Matt Gay, and Eagles defense against the Giants, Mike Glennon. Billy right now, again, he already has 28 points from Debo Samuel. He has Aaron Rodgers at his quarterback spot. Jonathan Taylor and Alexander Madison as his running backs. And then he's got Keenan Allen as his second wideout. He currently still has Kelsey in his tight end spot, but he is on the COVID list. and. May not play on Sunday. Najee Harris as his flex. Nick Folk as his kicker. And the Buccaneers defense against Cam Newton. And then, according to Matt Rule, a little bit of Sam Darnold on Sunday. The third team is Joe, who currently, again, has zero points because he hasn't played anybody or no one has played from his team. He's starting Justin Herbert against the Texans. His running backs are David Montgomery and Alvin Kamara. Kamara on Monday is either going to be a bust because he has Ian Book as his quarterback, or he's just going to get an unbelievable amount of work. We'll see. Wide receivers, he's got Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. Tight end, Mark Andrews. Running back, or the flex, he's got Nick Chubb. And then kicker, Daniel Carlson with the Cowboys defense going against the Washington football team. So we will see who is going to be our final two in the Gulag. Moving over to the For the Throne waivers. So we had four waivers of note, starting at the top with Justin Jackson, who I dropped $39 on, a lot of money, probably an overpay. Uh, I saw Justin actually put in $33 for him uh, because we have seen how horrendous Justin's running back depth is. Uh, but I should have never dropped him in the first place. Uh, Joshua Kelly is significantly worse than Justin Jackson as proven he almost or he basically screwed them by fumbling the game away against the chiefs um but justin jackson's only 25 so obviously randy picked him up and then dropped him and then i picked him up again uh and i'm gonna keep hopefully keep him through the offseason and just see what happens second was duke johnson going to andy for 11 dollars he was the running back one, believe it or not, on the week last week. No one was starting him. For the Dolphins, I hit the two touchdowns in 120 yards or something like that. So Andy picks him up. I doubt she's going to start him, but I haven't looked at the matchups. So you'll hear a live reaction to me if I see Duke Johnson's in her starting lineup. Randy put down $9 on Le'Veon Bell, 
who was just signed by the Buccaneers uh, because they need some running back depth, and they have zero people that can catch the ball. Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn just fumble it away every time. I don't even know how much he's going to see the field, but $9. Randy now has, you guessed it, $0 of fab left after that transaction. <laughs> and then finally, the last of note was Justin put $2 down on Brashad Perriman for the Buccaneers. He had the walk-off against the Bills a couple weeks ago. Um, and he's probably going to be, I would assume, wide receiver three behind A.B. and Tyler Johnson. Um, so another depth, depth piece for Justin. I feel like the last three years, Brashad Perriman's been picked up like right at the end of the season. I believe two years ago, Brashad Perriman had like an unbelievable end of the year. I don't even remember who he was playing for, to be honest. Uh, but he just like exploded and he actually won a couple people, some leagues that were still starting him and riding the hot hand. So those are our four main waivers of note. Let's move on to the cookies. All right. So if we take a look at the cookies for this week, let's start with the NFL. For the, for the throne league. On the week, we scored 339.2 points. On the season, out of 15 weeks, it was ranked 9. So actually a lot better than I thought it was since I would say in, I don't even know how many years I've played fantasy football, 12 maybe. No, way more than that. Probably 14, 15. Uh, let's see. My first year playing fantasy football was my freshman year of high school. So I'd be a, what, 15-year-old? So maybe like 12 years? I don't even know. Anyways, this was by far the worst fantasy football week across the entire league I felt like I had ever experienced. All of the studs busted. It was not pleasant to watch in any league that you're in. This obviously proves why the first round buy was so important for all these different leagues. Uh, but 339.2 ranks 9 out of 15 that still is kind of shocking to me. Let's take a look at on a uh, on a uh, week uh, for the week. So we first at the quarterback position had Danny wasn't enough. Patrick Mahomes thirty six point six against the Chargers. This is the first of two cookies for Danny on the week. Thirty six point six Patrick Mahomes. The running backs. So first Justin. Had 23 points from Jonathan Taylor. That right there kind of shocks me that he got a, like the top running back of the week was Jonathan Taylor with 23 points. Justin had three cookies on the week. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor, just because of that long freaking end of the game touchdown run, saved his day and really helped him in that matchup against Randy. The second running back was Antonio Gibson for Will. Wasn't in the playoffs, but started him. 18.5 points. Will had one cookie on the week. Yes, we are still counting teams that were not in the playoffs because uh, obviously we're just trying to do a league uh, a league best roster every time. So Will only had one cookie on the week, Antonio Gibson. Wide receivers, we had, oh, this is kind of a theme, Cooper Cup to Andy for 34.4. That was her only cookie of the week. Second wide receiver was Tyreek Hill. So he had three weapons on the Chiefs uh, getting a cookie. Tyreek Hill to Sterk, who was on by 32.8 points. 
Uh, that would be one of two cookies for Sterk. Tight end, we had Travis Kelsey to Danny with 41.1. My God. I talked about Mahomes. In the flex, a second tight end, Jake, with Mark Andrews, also on by uh, 35.6. And Jake only got one cookie. The second flex, and now him and Kelsey are both, Swan and Tyreek, are all heading to the COVID list. Justin got 29.2 out of Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. Kicker, I started Evan McPherson, my only cookie of the week uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals. He had 13 points. Looking at the IDPs at the defensive line, Stirk Daddy had 17 points from TJ Watt against Circles on bye. Uh, linebacker was Darius Leonard for Randy. He was a beast this week, 23 and a half. Defensive back was Justin, Justin Simmons with 14 and a half. And then the IDP flex went to Little Slads, Levante David with 20 points. That was Little Slads' only cookie on the week. Let's take a look at the player totals on the season. Quarterback at the top is Josh Allen with five. Second, uh, it says Jackson Mahomes here has three cookies. Obviously, Justin is trolling. Uh, we had Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady, each with two, and then a couple others with one. Running backs. At the top, we have two with four cookies. Christian McCaffrey, see you later. And Jonathan Taylor, we have three with three cookies. Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. And then three with two cookies. Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, and Antonio Gibson. Wideouts at the top is Cooper Cup with six. So that's six out of 15, a 40% hit rate on the cookie list. Uh, Tyreek Hill is in second with five. Devonta Adams in third with four. And then two-way tie for fourth with three is Debo Samuel and Justin Jefferson. And then a ton with two cookies, including Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddell, and Chris Godwin. Tight end at the top is Travis Kelsey with five, and then Mark Andrews with four, followed by George Kittle with three. Wow, the same three as every other year. Kickers, we have a three-way tie for the lead with Nick Folk, Chris Boswell, and Daniel Carlson, each with two. Defensive linemen, we have a three-way tie at the top between Harold Landry, again, still no clue who this dude is, Nick Bosa, and Miles Garrett with two. Linebackers at the top is TJ Watt with six. So that's six out of 15. Again, 40% hit rate. Second is Darius Leonard with four. Third is Roquan Smith. Shout out Abella Danger with three. And then tied for fourth, three-way is Eric Kendricks, Micah Parsons, and Cole Holcomb. Defensive backs in the lead with four cookies is Kevin Byard, followed by a tie for second with Trayvon Diggs and Tyron Matthew. Take a look at the team totals for the season. Stirk Daddy's leading the way with 32 cookies. We have D Slacky in second with 23. Andy and Cascade tied for third with 19 apiece. Tied for fifth, it's three way between Little Slads. Will he change his team name? And JSP fan club president uh, with 14. And then next we would have $14.99 back flipper with 13 and 200 m all and then tied for 10th we have team palmer and Spaceballs the fft and then and last is team bucks and six
If we take a look at the last dance cookies this week, uh, it was fifth, ranked fifth out of nine. So top five performance, but still not the best. Uh, it lost to the best week on the season by 15.75 points. <sighs> Starting at the point guard position, Drew Holiday scored 51 points for Eric. The shooting guard, we had Trace Young with 49.75 for Ryan. Ryan was actually on the cookie list twice. Eric was on the cookie list four times. And then Will and Jake each had one. Small forward, we had Jason Tatum with 58.75 for Eric. Kevin Durant in the power forward position with 67 for Eric. Center, we had Nikola Jokic for Will with 62 and a half. And then the three utility spots were Chris Stapps Porzingis with 54.75 for Ryan. Carl Anthony Towns with 53.5 for Eric. And then DeMontis Sabonis with 50.75 for Jake. A lot of first-time cookies in this list this week. If we take a look at the player totals on the year, we have Giannis at the top still with six. Remember, that's six out of nine, but he's been out all week with COVID, so it's really like six out of eight, I guess. Uh, Nikola Jokic has five in second. In third by himself is Rudy Gobert with four. In fourth, tied with three is Jonas Valanciunas, James Harden, LeBron, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, tied for eighth with two is a bunch of people, including... Paul George, playoff P, Miles Turner, John Morant, and he has been injured most of the year, which is shocking. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, DeMontis Sabonis, who got a second this week, Jason Tatum, who got a second this week, and Kevin Durant, who also got a second this week. If you look at the team totals, Eric is, oh, no, sorry, Lefty is at the top, BP for the gold with 15. Second is Bill Walton Smells Colors with 13. Third is Indoor Furnishings with 10. Tied for fourth is Retirement Benefit Frauds in Sprite Plus Lemonade No Ice with eight. And then we have Legalized Kemp in sixth with seven. And then in seventh is Seas Get Trophies with six. And then taking up the rear, but had two this week, so half of his season-long cookies came this week. Young Guns with four. If we take a look at some of the matchups from last week, the last dance, unfortunately, Lefty's win or uh, undefeated streak came to an end. He did lose to Eric, whose team was basically on steroids because Lefty's team lost by over 100. He lost 582.5 to 471.5. Jesus. Um, yikes. Yeah, even... Even if you look at the projections, like um, Eric out, outdid his projection by about 27 points. Lefty underperformed by about 15. But Eric moved to 7-2. and two. He's still a game back of Lefty. And Lefty is now 8-1. and one. Ryan, Prince Palmer, got his first win of the season. He destroyed Cascade Bear by uh, 132 points. Uh, he would have only lost to Tyler by 10. So Ryan's now 1-8, and eight and Jake is now 2-7. and seven. In the third matchup, uh, Andy beat Will 444.25 to 407.25. So a 37-point win for Andy, who's now 6-3. and three. And then Will moves to 3-6. and six. 
Believe it or not, Will is still the five seed, though, at three and six. Uh, I beat Justin this week, 398 to 346. Uh, so I moved to six and three. And then Justin is now three and six, just like Will. My God, that five seed is going to be hideous. So standings wise, we have BP for the gold. Lefty is eight and one. Second seed is Eric at seven and two. Third is Andy at six and three. I am fourth at six and three. Will is fifth at three and six. And then out of the playoffs would be Justin at three and six, Jake at two and seven, and Ryan at one and eight. When our top five make playoffs with four and five playing the play-in game, right now winner would play lefty. Okay, so let's move on to the For the Throne League, starting first of all with last week's matchups. Now, remember, this was the first round of the playoffs, week 15. Uh, the matchups that we were looking at were first, the three seed was Randy, 200M all, versus the six seed, which was Justin, who obviously had a dramatic end to his season, was coming in at seven and seven, versus Randy at nine and five. Again, Justin was the six seed. Well, Randy, he underperformed his projection by 61 points. I'm not making this up. He scored 116. He was projected 177. What happened? Justin, on the other hand, was projected 187, and he also underperformed by 23 points. Let's look at these matchups. I'm going to go through each of them just so you can feel the pain of some of these teams, and obviously the, the pride as well. On Justin's side, he started Kyler Murray. He scored 14 and a half. Bad game. He underperformed by about 13. Jonathan Taylor scored 23. I already talked about it. He had the long run. He had 29 carries for 170 yards. Jesus. Uh, Daryl Henderson was the second running back. Bad game. Underperformed by eight. He had 4.7. The wideouts, Justin started Amari Cooper, who only scored 2.8, underperformed by 13. And then Brandon Cooks, who was a beast, he scored 29.2, overperformed by 16. And then tight end, he started Mike Gesicki, who scored 9.3, underperformed by 5. And then flexes, he had Devontae Parker with 17.8, overperformed by 4. And Devontae Adams was 16.4 underperformed, I guess you could say, by six. Robbie Gold was seven, right around the, the projection. Aaron Donald with nine and a half, right around the projection as well. Bobby Wagner, seven and a half, underperformed by two. Justin Simmons, 11 and a half, overperformed by two. And then the flex, he had C.J. Mosley, who also overperformed by two. On Randy's side, good Lord, now get ready for uh, some pain. First, at quarterback, he had 4.2 points for Russell Wilson. He threw 14 incomplete passes and only 150 yards and no touchdowns but a pick. Underperformed by 17. Nick Chubb was a bum in the first half, and then the second half he actually had a touchdown and was pretty solid. He had 16.3 right around the projection. Delvin Cook, 11.1, underperformed by 10. He would not have had Delvin this week or arguably the rest of the season. He underperformed by 10. Mike Evans, 2.4 points, got injured, underperformed by 15. Also going to be out this week. Would have been tough for Randy anyways. 
Uh, Julio Jones scored literally one point because he had a tackle, not even a catch. Uh, he also got injured. He underperformed by 10. Um, also, and then if he would have started Julio this week, another one point something game. Good Lord, please retire. He is clearly something's wrong. Uh, then we had finally a positive spot. Dalton Schultz in his tight end spot, 20.7. He overperformed by about eight and a half. Flexes, he had Odell Beckham with 1.7. Oh my God. Underperformed by 12. One catch for seven yards. Good Lord. And then second, he had Rashad Penny, who obviously was a beast last week. Not this week. 6.4, underperformed by five. He had 12 out of Daniel Carlson, overperformance by five. Chandler Jones at defensive line, seven and a half, underperformed by two. Linebacker, he had Darius Leonard, overperformed by 13. He had 23 and a half. Defensive back, he had Harrison Smith, seven and a half, underperformance of five. And then Josh Allen, who scored him two points, underperformed by nine and a half. So, just an absolutely disappointing end to Randy's season, who arguably was in the driver's seat with two weeks to play to get a bye. He just needed to win one of those games or Cascade to lose one of those games, and it didn't happen. Pain. And now he's out. So Justin wins this matchup by about 48 points. Justin moves on to play against Cascade Bear. The second matchup of the playoffs came between, where is it? Here it is, D. Sladke and Andy. Have you ever heard the word choke? Well, Danny has. He lost this matchup 143.3 to 151.7, an eight and a half point victory for Andy, who was going into the last day of the playoffs down by like 45 or something like that. Uh, Andy was coming into the playoffs as the four seed at eight and six. D Slack, he was coming into the playoffs as the five seed at seven and seven. The projections had Andy winning the matchup by about one and a half points. So very close. And it ended up being that way. Andy only won by 8.4. But again, an epic collapse by D Slacky, who, was coming out of Thursday's game definitely very, very happy and confident. On Danny's side, he had 36.6 from Patrick Mahomes, an overperformance by about eight. James Conner scored her, her him 10 points. That's four points less than projected. He had 2.1 from Mike Davis. Clearly, he needs another running back this offseason, unless he really thinks Christian McCaffrey is going to come back to normal. He had 2.1, underperformed by about Four and a half. Stefan Diggs at 14 and a half, underperformed by four. Devontae Smith was seven, underperformed by six. One of the key weapons for him on that Tuesday night. Travis Kelsey, again, unbelievable, 41.1, overperformed by 24 points. Jesus, 10 catches, 191 yards, and two touchdowns. Flexes, we had Van Jefferson, 5.3, underperformed by seven and a half. Hunter Renfro was 7.2, worst game of his season. 7.2 is an underperformance by nine. You have five from Brandon McManus. Uh, it was not let's go Brandon for Danny as he underscored by three. Cameron Hayward had seven right around the projection. 
Roquan Smith, six and a half under performance by four. Tyron Matthew with literally one, two tackles, both assisted, under performance by about seven. And then Jayon Brown, what? Did this dude even play? Oh, 16% of the snaps, literally zero, zero statistics at all. Is he just running around the court? Call him Tony Snell. Zero points, underperformed by eight. Good Lord. On Andy Sudge, 19.4 from Matthew Stafford, still underperformed by about six. And then Javante Williams scored her 12, overperformance by two. Uh, 13.7 from Leonard Fournette, underperformance of four, now heading to the IR. He, she's not going to have him for the rest of the year. Nelson Aguilar, good Lord, who is she starting? 7.4, one less than the projection. Justin Jefferson, 14.7, seven or six and a half less than the projection. Cole Komet, 13.1, overperformed by six. Cooper Cup with 34.7, overperformed like always by 11. And then Melvin Gordon, 7.1, underperformance by four. She had negative one from Ryan Suckup as the Buccaneers had zero points. Yes, he did suck it up. Harold Landry, again, don't know who this dude is. Three points, underperformed by six. TJ Edwards, another IDP, no clue who he is. Underperformed by two. Carlton Davis, still don't know who this guy is either. I actually know who these guys are, but I just don't understand why they're in a lineup. Four and a half points, underperformed by six. Joe Schobert had 15 and a half, overperformed by six. He's pretty much a beast, even with TJ Watt there. So, all in all, as you heard, a lot of underperformances across the board in this uh, these uh, quarterfinal matchups. Andy moves on and will play against the daddy known as Sterk. So, let's talk about those Week 16 matchups. So, let's take a look here. First of all, we have the number one seed, Sterk Daddy, going against the number four seed, Andy. So, one versus four. Projections right now, they are a little bit, I would say, not final because there's a lot of unknowns with some of these players having COVID, and obviously they could change their lineup uh, tomorrow or Sunday. But right now, Sleeper has Andy projected to win by eight points. Andy is currently winning two to zero. She has played one of her IDPs. That Harold Landry dude did not do much. So she's hoping for more from the rest of her team. On Andy's team, she is currently starting Matthew Stafford against the worst-ranked secondary in the NFL when it comes to fantasy, the Minnesota Vikings. So that's great for Cooper Cup and great for Matthew Stafford. Running backs, we have Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift right now. I would say DeAndre Swift's probably not going to play, but Sleeper hasn't projected at 16.5. Again, I don't think he plays. Doesn't really pay when they're... Out of the playoff hunt, they won a game, and he's a key part of their future. Wide receivers, she has Tyler Lockett and Justin Jefferson right now. Lockett's off the COVID list, and Jeff Justin Jefferson is going against the Rams D, probably going to get Jalen Ramsey. Wow, that is going to be a great matchup. I'm hoping I can see that. Tight end, she is starting Cole Komet against the Seahawks, who are currently ranked 28 against the tight end and have been really struggling against that position. However, Nick Foles is going to be starting 
Big Dick Nick. Flexes, we got Cooper Cup, as already mentioned, going against the worst secondary against fantasy wide receivers in the NFL. We have Melvin Gordon going against the Raiders. So she's double running backing right now with the Broncos. Probably going to be a change there when Swift is eventually ruled out, as I would assume, which is unfortunate because the Falcons are terrible against the running backs. He's currently starting Ryan Suckup against the Panthers, hoping that the Buccaneers do just enough to get into field goal range and he scores some points. She's starting TJ Edwards, uh, who is currently projected to score around 10. Interesting. And also Carlton Davis projected around 9.5 and, and Joe Schobert around 8.5. On Sterk's side, this is where it gets really interesting. So we currently have Josh Allen against the Patriots. Eek. And it looks like there's going to be some precipitation. Obviously, we know that he was restricted in the first game. That game was terrible with the uh, wind game and all that. But Josh Allen actually ripped the Patriots apart last year in the playoffs. Fantasy playoffs, that is. So obviously, you don't bench the number one run quarterback. Running backs, he's starting Joe Mixon against a pretty tough Ravens run D. Their secondary is the area that has been very banged up. Uh, and then Saquon Barkley against the Eagles. Mike Glennon hopefully can do some dump off. Cordero Patterson, so you can see basically three running back trio there. Uh, versus the Lions, great matchup. Looking to get some revenge as he had the worst game of his uh, season. And then also at the wideout, he has. Mike Williams against the Texans' terrible secondary. I have no clue what's going to happen. He needs to have a good game, finally. Uh, Jalen Guyton, also out. Tight end, he's starting Gerald Everett, who has had a decent run here, obviously with Waller being out. He's basically running this playoffs with Gerald Everett as his tight end. In the flexes right now, he does have Tyreek Hill there, who is on the COVID list uh, and may not even be active. Uh, so we'll take a look in a second here at who Andy could replace these with, as well as Sterk. And then also on the COVID list in his flex is Austin Eckler, who I don't think he's going to play tomorrow either. So I wish he, I bet you he wishes he had Justin Jackson. Nick Folk, the number one ranked kicker on the week, or on the season, uh, starting for him. And then his IDPs are always solid. Miles Garrett, probably going to win player of the year for defense. Should be my uh, um, Micah Parsons in my eyes. Linebacker, we got TJ Watt. Defensive back, Xavier Howard. And then IDP right now is Brian Burns. Okay, so let's take a look. Let's say, for example, Andy moves Melvin Gordon in for DeAndre Swift. Her best fletch option right now, or options, would be Duke Johnson against the Saints. Uh, Keelan Cole, who is the wide receiver two for the Jets behind Braxton Berrios. I guess they're interchangeable. Uh, or she could go with Evan Engram. If I had to pick one of those three, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I would probably go with Keelan Cole Ugh, against the Jaguars defense. Not good, not good. Unless she thinks that Duke Johnson can be the hot hand and continue this week. Oh, boy. That is not a good flex. All right, so on Sterk's side, let's say Tyreek and Eckler both don't play. Worst case scenario. Well, he's 100% going to be starting Devontae Freeman, I would assume, against the Bengals. And then his other options would be 
Brian Edwards coming off a touchdown, Donovan Peoples-Jones against the Packers. I would assume he's going to ride it out, so he won't even be an option with Peoples-Jones playing tomorrow. Uh, and then Michael Gallup against the football team. I think he's probably going to go with uh, Michael Gallup and Devontae Freeman since they both play Sunday, and he's going to ride it out in case those two play. So I don't really consider Peoples-Jones an option. I would assume he would go with Michael Gallup and Devontae Freeman, which would make this very interesting. Uh, okay, so that is the matchup for Stirk Daddy versus Andy. Winner goes to the finals, loser to the third place game. <laughs> Stirk obviously looking to repeat. Okay, so let's take a look at the second semifinal matchup. It is between Cascade Bear, 9-5, and five, the two-seed, versus Justin. Seven and seven, KSB fan club present. He is the sixth seed. Cinderella story. Uh, currently, the matchup is is scored Cascade twenty nine point one. That is what he got out of Debo Samuel to six. Justin got six out of Robbie Gold. So they both have twelve players left on the week. Let's take a look at who those were. Also, Debo out 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 uh performed his. Projection by 15, actually about 14 and a half. And then Robbie Gould underperformed by about a point and a half for Justin. Cascade Bear right now is going to be starting Jalen Hurts, according to his lineup. Obviously, he got him in a trade with me. Uh, going against the Giants, projected about 24. David Montgomery going against the Seahawks, pretty bad run D. Uh, Aaron Jones going against the Browns D tomorrow night or afternoon. Uh, Wideouts, oh boy, it's getting ugly. He's currently starting A.J. Green, oh man, against the Colts. Obviously, he's going to be the second wide receiver of preference for Kyler Murray with Hopkins being out uh, behind Christian Kirk. And then tight end right now, he's got Mark Andrews against the Bengals riding that hot hand. Uh, however, it might not be Lamar Jackson, and most likely it's not going to be Lamar Jackson throwing him the ball. It will instead be, uh, what is his name, Tyler Huntley for the Ravens. Flexes right now for Cascade Bear are DK Metcalf against the Bears and Keenan, Keenan Allen against the uh, Texans. Kicker, he's got Greg Joseph, and then his IDPs are Micah Parsons. Again, I think he should be rookie and defensive player of the year. Uh, Greg, jo or sorry, Shaq Barrett against the Panthers. Minka Fitzpatrick against the Chiefs, and then Foisad Aluakan for the Falcons against the Lions. He's just a guy that gets it done. This Aluakan, he hasn't scored less than seven any game this season. We had one, three and a half versus the Jets. You look at Cascade Bears bench. Well, we'll get back to the benches in a second. Let's look at Justin's current lineup. He's starting Kyler Murray tomorrow night against the Colts. At running backs, same game, he's starting Jonathan Taylor, obviously the number one ranked running back on the season against the Cardinals. He is still, because again, he doesn't have many options, Starting Daryl Henderson for the Rams against the Vikings. Wideouts, he's starting Devontae Adams tomorrow versus the Browns. And then Christian Kirk also tomorrow. So, wow, that's four players right there that Justin's going to have tomorrow night. Uh, Christian Kirk for the stack. 
<clears throat> tomorrow night with Kyler against the Colts. Tight end, he's got Mike Gesicki right now. In fluxes, he has Amari Cooper and Devontae Parker. His IDPs, he's got a beast, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner versus the Bears. Destroy Nick Foles. Justin Simmons and then CJ Mosley right now, who's questionable. People of note for uh, Cascade Bear, for the quarterback, he's got to ride it out with Hurts. I agree with that decision. He's not starting uh, Derek Carr against the Broncos. And he's not going to start Baker Mayfield. I guess the only other option he could consider, but it's, oh my gosh, that is dangerous in the final four, starting Tyler Huntley. But I would just ride out with Jalen Hurts. He's obviously the more beast of a quarterback and going against the Giants D. Um, one name of note, interestingly enough, on the on the bench, I assumed he would not be starting A.J. Green and putting a wideout in there would be Sony Michelle, who's just been a stud recently. Uh, I guess not stud, but solid. He had 21 against Jacksonville. He had eight against the Cardinals, but that's just kind of an anomaly. And then also 13 and a half last week against the Seahawks. Um, that's just a name of interest for him. Also has Daryl Williams on his bench and then Dawson Knox as well. Um, and then a couple IDPs. Uh, Justin's side, uh, names of note would be, wait for it, no one. Maybe Nicole Hartman. Uh, Brandon Cooks is on the COVID list. Rashad Perriman just, when did this happen? Oh. So supposedly he's going to be potentially playing to, on Sunday, but he is on the COVID list, Rashad Pierman. He does have Byron Pringle and Miko Hartman. I don't really trust either of those guys. So he doesn't really have many options uh, if you look at his lineup, especially at the running back position. However, good news for him is Cam Akers was designated to return after a torn Achilles, which is just crazy to me, to be honest. Um I did not expect that to happen. I, especially, I don't know how that's going to work uh, going into the playoffs with Sony, Cam Akers, and Daryl Henderson. Will be an interesting split. So we'll have to see. I don't think Justin's <clears throat> really going to need to make any lineup changes unless COVID or an injury would pop up. But Cascade Bear might be looking at a couple here. The one that's going to be of note to see how many changes happen is definitely going to be the Stirk Daddy and Andy matchup. A lot could happen in that matchup. So winner of Justin and Cascade Bear will head to the title game and loser to the third place game. Again, we could see a rematch as last year, which was Cascade and Stirk Daddy. That's all I got on this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We'll come back to you next week to preview the championship matchup and our third place matchup, as well as recap everything. That uh, lottery's right around the corner. Obviously, uh, we're right around the corner to opening the next chapter of our league. And we'll see what that chapter actually includes. See you next time.